Triple Option back in studio this week. Going to focus solely in West Lafayette. Got some decent Purdue news, starting with the basketball program. And, well, I guess first, I, I thought they might be done. Painter went after two one-year seniors, graduate players, and I figured, I didn't rule it out, but I figured he was going to be done. However, it looks like he's not done because former Louisville center, I guess he's 6'10", is visiting places. He stopped by Purdue recently. He's 6'10", 250. Zach Price, was a, he was at Louisville, if that needs to tell you anything about where he was ranked when he came out. And Pops, it's kind of an unusual situation because I don't, I don't, is Purdue normally, it's not a big spot for people to transfer. It, it seems like as we go further and further along and you want to try and build up as much hype as possible that you've seen transfers done more liberally I don't know. I mean, is that you're you're obviously older than I am. I don't know if it's a trend. You know, I uh, it's not normal, but I think obviously there's interest in Purdue, and it would look like that Painter is looking for guys to get him through this year to build him till that uh, the class that comes in next fall. So he's looking for some people to upgrade his roster, which I think he needs to, which will should help the program. And I think visiting is. You know, it sounds good, but, you know, he's just out taking a look around. Sounds like he's being re-recruited again. You like to think that if he's at Louisville, the guy can play basketball. He's athletic, sounds big. That's all on the checklist of what Purdue needs. You know, you cross your fingers and hope that he decides to come here. And, you know, if you could start getting transfers like this, you know, and you start winning, then the guys that get upset, fed up, disappointed with other programs or coaching changes would be maybe more prone to come here, especially if you're successful. He's he's different from the other transfers. I should have clarified this beginning. He's uh, he's going to be a junior, so obviously transferring from one Division one to another, you'd have to sit out a year. But I think this one, obviously, in terms of transfers, is a much bigger deal because as opposed to a one-year, I guess, rental, to put a phrase on it, he's kind of maybe someone you could build a program off of for two years and I think would be a big deal because I I would assume if AJ Hammonds progresses like we all think he may this may be his last year in West Lafayette. Yeah, you you could replace him with Hammonds. I mean, you could debate that issue, but that you know it'd be nice to have a fallback. Uh, he sounds big, you know, and you just keep going because I think you'd you'd be nice. Purdue really needs to get bigger up front, both at the center and power forward, because that seems to be a weakness is when they go up against the Ohio States, the Michigan States even Michigan is is that they just get out rebounded because they're just they lack those big thick power forward types and you know you really need those to rebound so you know if you could get them it would it would depending upon what Hammonds does this year it would be nice to continue on because Hammonds showed moments and you hope he can progress and if he leaves as, as a lot of people are speculating then you'd have a guy to take his place and you'd continue going that way having a big guy down low that could help on the anchor the defense and and be a force on the offense Tyler, what are your thoughts? Because, I, I mean, not knowing a whole lot about the guy at this point in time, not yet at least, you hear Louisville transfer to Purdue, and I think most people get excited because I would assume if Louisville recruited him, the guy could play. After reading a bit about him, it just seems like he wants more minutes. Well, one nice thing is to see that he's not very... He isn't being greedy with his minutes because it said it said from the Cardinals newspaper at louisville that after january 12th he saw basically he only played two games it's all like no time for the rest of the season and they said as a young player uh he was i guess technically a sophomore he could have pouted and kind of you know started complaining but they said there was no one that was more enthusiastic on the bench than him so and it said the other teammates said he was he was a great teammate 
and he was willing to he he wanted to learn and he was not about himself you know he he filled in early because a, a starter went down but he after that he kind of was put on the bench for the rest of the year kind of to learn and wait so he clearly he, I mean he wants to play but he's a good teammate too he's not saying oh I need to play because it's all about me he's saying you know I want to play I, I've waited I, I want to take a shot I want to take a chance I may not get it here so we'll we'll see if I can try it Purdue so beyond talent which I think is obvious I said he was the number 67 recruit for the when he's a fr- when he's coming in beyond talent he's clearly a good player a good teammate which I like that a lot especially for a team that can't rely just on talent because Purdue is not going to recruit like the top programs, like the top echelon, but being a good team can raise you to the next level in a sense. Pops, what are your thoughts on him saying that, specifically that last part about being a good team? Because I think this is ultimately, if you're Purdue, almost the best of every scenario. You get a guy that was decently high recruited at a position that could use some strengthening, and he seems like overall the type of guy that you would like personality-wise, chemistry-wise, to have in your locker room. Well, it sounds all good. I, I just want to caution that he's just visiting. He's not made anything other than just going around looking around. So if LeBron James was out on a tour and he was thinking about coming back to college because he never went and he visited Purdue, everybody would be buzzing and everything. But the point being is until he commits, you know, you have to keep your uh, emotions in check and realize that he could just be looking around and maybe – who knows? I don't know if you could play one program off the other, but if, if, if there's people out there passing money to other programs and, and other programs to do that, I don't know. But I, I it sounds good, but I want to see what he does. I mean, clearly, I'd like to think that considering where he comes from, that if he comes in, he would have a legitimate chance to play right from the get-go because he'll be a junior. So it sounds good, but let's see what he does. The thing I was sort of alluding to earlier, I didn't do a very good job explaining it. Do you see transfers as being more of a trend in general now because everyone's trying to find that one big, I don't know, almost like one big headline that gets them enough publicity to ride to the next level? I think it seems like it because I think Illinois picked up a quarterback transfer this year, or just or this week rather, I think out of Texas or something. Uh, no, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State. I think, yeah. And you West saw Long. Wisconsin consecutive years pick up quarterback transfers Russell Wilson two years ago, which was big. Um, it could be that people are just getting to the point that because they're, they want to get to the pros and if they're not playing right away, that they they want to transfer. So it, it would appear that what is, had started in football it could be very well matriculating down to college basketball because, again, what do these guys want to do? They want to play pro basketball. All I have to do is see all the money thrown around. So... If you got a guy that's recruited, he goes somewhere, he isn't getting his playing time, doesn't like the system because it doesn't necessarily feature his talents, doesn't feature him, doesn't get him visible. Because right now, because of the all the all the games on TV, you literally could go anywhere and get slapped on television. You just gotta have playing time. So yes, it looks like a trend that is starting to happen in college basketball. Pops, the, he touched on both. He touched on transferring in general, and then he touched on Russell Wilson was one of the five-year guys, and I think that's become bigger and bigger as people realize they have that fifth-year eligibility if they graduate. But Tyler, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, Pops obviously has a much larger perspective being a fan for a longer time, but it, to me, I don't know, because sometimes you say, are things really going this way? And then you realize that everything's just more publicized now because of the internet and Twitter and all that. But do you feel like transferring's become a trend now? Like it's you give one year and you're like, well, I'm not playing enough. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't think people give one year. Oh, West, West Lunk gave one year. But 
in his defense, in his defense, there was like three quarterbacks vying for one job, so he wanted to transfer anyway. But no, I think they give it a fair shot. But there's a lot of players that don't play a lot of time. I mean, you there's plenty of players that got one year. Think about Ezekiel Ansah from BYU. No one knew about him until the senior bowl. And he was fifth overall pick. Before that, he might not have been drafted in football. That went from like making two hundred eight thousand a year to making five million a year. It was one year. It was technically his BYU, even his year at BYU didn't matter. It was just getting the scouting combine. Some of those players, it just takes that year. It just takes Cam Newton. It took one year, and he was the first overall pick from somebody nobody even knew. It just takes that one shot to make it. I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty of there's. I mean, I'm gonna dispute just a, couple, a little but bit on that. Of people. I'm gonna dispute. Cam Newton went to Florida before he had to transfer out, but so he, he was, was buried on the he was buried on the depth chart. But he went to Florida. He also got kicked out. I know. Before he got kicked out, I think people had an idea about him beforehand. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, but he had at the time he had low prospects on making it. And there's a difference between going to Florida and being the first overall pick and winning a national championship and being a Heisman. You can go to Florida and be very good. But he took it to a level no one saw coming. I'm not I mean, disputing. I'm just saying he wasn't unknown. Well, I said, I said, well, really, no, relatively, no one knew his name. Just like Johnny Manziel, it took one year. It just takes one year for everybody in college. His That's po- all it takes. Tyler's point is that he was dissatisfied with the lack of playing time, and that he was dissatisfied. Fact, he got kicked out. Well, what? Okay, he wasn't doing any. He needed to go somewhere. He got. He was the man in Auburn. Got and turned it into a Heisman. Turned into a national championship, number one draft pick, all the money. That's it, it. Could be that what Tyler's saying is guys don't like even the high the high profile recruits are like dissatisfied because they were probably told, "Hey, you come on in and we're going to feature you," and they don't. Then they, they decide I'm going to go somewhere else, and that's the impatience of it. And in Newton, their- Newton is example of the top recruit. These guys that are that are you know, we talked about coming to Purdue prior are just maybe lower type recruits but everybody wants to play you play because you get a chance to play pro basketball if it's not in the nba it's in europe that's the point i think that's what his point is it could it could range from the lower level prospects all the way to somebody who probably was a top prospect and still dissatisfied screwed up at uh, florida got kicked out and went to auburn and you saw what happened yeah there's a story i read i mean i i, I get this isn't a story of somebody who became big but McGloin for Penn State, the quarterback this past year, do you know he was a walk-on? I think I had an indication. I mean, that's just something where every, that, I guess that's somewhere everybody has a chance. But I'd say in their defense, they should be loud because how many times do we talk about coaches doing this stuff? It, it, we're a little off topic, but I'm still saying it's not, the players doing is not a new thing. People have been doing it. It's just the people look at it. Some people look at it like, oh, players, oh, well, they're just not honoring their commitment. Coaches do it too, and no one thinks bad about the guy from South Mississippi has the perfect year, and all of a sudden, big program wants him. They're like, good for him. He gets his dream job. And then the kid the kid only gets one shot at it, they're like, he's supposed to honor that one shot. And then Pops has talked about repeatedly. A scholarship's a year-by-year thing. You can... You do not... Ha- it's a not a four- or five-year thing. It is a year-by-year, and that's an agreement. The university has just as much power to cut that off as the player does to go... I, I want to ch- I want to change it up. I want to you know go somewhere else. So I don't think it, it's not really it's not a new thing. It's like a new spin on an old thing, in a sense. It's it's something where the players didn't really go into that power as other people in the sport had a similar way they could do it. 
He threw a lot out there. I think he made some good points. Pops, you want to kind of decipher through that? I know we've we've obviously he he did bring up the point you made about how it's a one year scholarship, one year by year scholarship as opposed to being four years like it used to be. So that there's really no the players have to showcase themselves, I guess, as often as they can. So I guess that would make sense. But do you want to take a shot at deciphering some of that? Okay, these scholarships are year by year. The thought process is that if a coach you know, is worth his salt that he will honor it. But I think that is an out in case the player is just becomes to be a chronic pain. But I think, again, you know, I understand what Tyler's saying. It's a new spin. But I, I think, you know, you're just starting to see more and more transfers. And I, mean, and I, I don't know if it's any – there just seems to be a new angle on it. And, and, I, and I think it's because – Guys always transfer because they didn't like him, but it just seems like now there seems like there just uh, be a little bit more. And you just wonder that if last year when all the schools went on the campus of Penn State and had the opportunity to recruit everybody at Penn State because of what happened, that if this has not opened up a situation where now guys or coaches are going out and through networks or through friends or through a friend of a friend who heard something about this guy being disgruntled, that they're not contacting them somehow, you know, and saying, yeah, hey, you know, we got a place for you. I think that's a valid point because I think I remember, I think Izzo, they did an interview with Izzo at the year after he had a, a decent five-year a graduate student come play, and he said that he wasn't actually a big fan of it because you didn't start recruiting while teams are still at schools. Now maybe he's just paying lip service. But I think, I mean, do you, am I going out on a limb here saying that those those graduate students have kind of been the branch between the transfers before and just more rare situations to now where up oh, I'm kind of unhappy. And then all of a sudden maybe you get a phone and we're not saying that it happens, but I think it would be kind of naive to not assume that connections are made somewhere. And sometimes people can like, well, if you're not happy, you know, we got a spot for you over here. Well, yeah. I think it is because I think it, I don't know if how often you've heard of graduate students who decide I'm, I'm leaving my last year to come play. Clearly they want to be showcased and they're going from, maybe these smaller universities to universities that play major schedules. So I think and what the thing is that those guys have tech, have already had their bachelor's, but yet they still want to play that one last year of eligibility they have. And, you know, for Purdue to get guys that have from like, what was it, Harvard or the Ivy There's League? And the Cornell, from, and, uh, Cornell and Seattle University Okay, or those aren't like exactly basketball hotbeds, okay? So why would you transfer from two of those places to a Big Ten university that's on national television that plays in one of the better conferences? I want to well, be showcased. Hold on. I got it. I don't want to. I'm not disputing you. I think you made a valid point, but I I have a class with Eric Peck, and he transferred from Cornell to Grand Cranert. I'm not bragging. He transferred from Cornell to go to the Cranert Business School, which is obviously a world-renowned school. So. It it pays some maybe some yeah, I'm not saying that you're not wrong but in some cases basketball pays the bills so you can get your degree that's all okay. I'm saying I'm sticking up for the guy that's in my class yeah in defense you know in defense he probably had some decent talent you're you I think you're also that guy might be a special circumstance because you're loving a guy who's probably extremely smart who basketball you know he's probably right basketball might just been foot in the bill oh 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 you're saying you're saying if you're saying why. He's shaking his head like a guy who went to Cordell is the same salt and butter as a guy that salt went and butter. <laughs> butter and toast butter bread and, and butter bread and butter salt and butter that went to USC. This is Cordell, ladies he and gentlemen. Just, Tyler's misspoken cliche of the week. He may have this may have just he's right. This may have just put the bill where he was like, you know, I really want to go with Cornell and they're offering me a basketball scholarship. Why not take the chance? It's something I like. 
He may not want to go to basketball at all. He may like it at Purdue, and he may be like, you know, I could go play with these guys, but this guy, as soon as he graduates, may never go near basketball again. That that guy, I think you need to take. That guy might be a special circumstance because he is, he is a special oh, circumstance. His, his, and also, also he got it wrong. Uh, some players have two years eligibility because O'Brien, who went to Wisconsin, he was a redshirt. Ju- no, he's a he was a true junior. And but he finished school early. This so guy's special, okay, that's a special case. You know, he could be at a zoo and ran over by an elephant too. I mean, I don't know what the odds are of that. But the the thing is, it's just it's just circumstantial to try to say that wow, he he's coming here because of the business school. And yeah, I'll just play basketball because I want. I does Purdue have a good business school? Sure. Are there better ones? You betcha. I mean, who ranks higher academically? Cornell. He could find a business school in the I, in the Ivy League. Honestly, did you not listen to what him and I said? Basketball footed the bill. Did Cornell offer him graduate school basketball to pay for his schooling? That was what we just that. said. We don't know that they did. If Purdue has, obviously said, "Come play." And no, no, if he has a year left, okay, then basically he's still on scholarship. If he has if he has academic eligibility left, or excuse me, athletic eligibility left, he can still go there. It's just clearly that in his last year, his last chance to be known that he decided to leave and go to a, a program that, one, needs help, two, plays in a big conference, and three, he could get showcased. Now, is he smart? Sure. Is he going to the, the business, a, a good business school? Sure. Could he have gone to a be- better business school? Yep. We don't, or we don't know that. And you what you just said, it's a year-by-year thing. We don't know but behind, what happened behind the scenes. Maybe they were saying, you know, we're moving on from The here. graduate rule only works, too, if you go to graduate school somewhere other than your bachelor university, I'm pretty sure. Might be right on that one. Don't know. You just I'm ruled out the fact that we he, don't he could know. even come to Purdue just because Purdue's not the most elite business school. You he, just ruled out the fact no, that there's a special case. I, I said, you said he could have gone to better said, ones. Right. And I said, did he come to a good one? Yes, he did. There's not even sure that could better ones have a better a, one. Sure. There's not. How do we know those better ones are offering him one? He could have gone to worse. He could have gone to the worst business school ever. Be like, I'll just get a degree and play basketball. He did not. Well, he went to a school that open, is very you tough. You know what? It's open for speculation because of the fact that. Purdue does have a good business program in Cranert, but they also have a pretty good basketball program that's a probably a little bit better than Cornell and maybe a little bit better than the Ivy League teams. And if you're out there to try to get yourself showcased to get noticed for the draft or whatnot, uh, you you definitely have taken a step up. Uh, now, could there be other circumstances? Sure, but the fact of the matter is, because of the fact we don't know, it's open for speculation. Yes, it is. Which means you then can't. Don't tell me I'm wrong, then. Then don't tell us we're wrong for thinking. I'm that. not telling you you're wrong. I'm trying to offer the other perspective. You're telling no. You're telling us that maybe the business thing works, but he came to a basketball school, so that's flatline. That's where it's at. I, I didn't would, say and, that. And if, as a producer, I would say the business program at Credit might be as a all-around more highly talented thing than the basketball team, because business is very well respected I think there, it's a more top than 10 basketball. University. Top ten. That school, might be more of a, I guess, a, 20, as a better, as a twenty as a out of all the universities in the world, still pretty good. I said yeah. that it's a good business school, but I said there's. Oh, well, that sounds better. like better than a good business school. Let, leaving. Okay, so on. transfer. Not we're leaving from transfers to recruitment. The football team got a decent prospect to verbally commit. Obviously, we all just talking about recruitment right now. We know how of a bunch of a crapshoot it is, but there's a kid. From the Chicago, grew up, excuse me, grew up in Chicago. He's in Florida. I don't want to offend Tyler. His name's Denzel Ward. He's a 6'9, 315 pound offensive tackle. And I'm going to let Tyler, you you can describe him because you looked all this up. 
he, you mentioned it, he decommitted from Michigan, which is something big to me because Michigan does not recruit, does not recruit lightweights, I guess, in a sense, as far as players. And he had attention from Oklahoma, Florida, like Louisville, Michigan, obviously. He had, I mean, he had decent looks at him, and he he's a unanimous three-star now. It's written that he is, he's a has a very likely chance, or I guess he could. They said he could easily be a four-star recruit by the end of the his senior year of high school football. So later, at, by the end of 2013, he could be a four-star recruit. I mean, he, he goes to Florida now, but he, he was born in Chicago. And I guess uh, he said he, he, was, he was blown away by West Lafayette, and he likes what he, he, you know, he likes what he gets. And you said, obviously, the size. You know, He's a big boy. He, I mean, any, any good any good football player should be able to take that because there's, there's some where you got, where you, where you have potential, but there's just God-given talent where it's just a body and be like, that's a body that can play football. And, you know, you could coach that up. He's got what he needs, but he just, any good coach can turn that into at least something. So he's got potential there. All right, Pops, what do you think about this? Keeping, I guess, in mind what you said about the Louisville guy, obviously, he, he, I would assume a verbal agreement is a little more, obviously, it's more concrete than just visiting. But what would, what are your thoughts here going forward? Because Hazel's only been on campus for five months now, I think. And this seems like a pretty solid recruit to bag for his first actual class that he's going to take part of. Again, it sounds good. The verbal's more than just somebody on visiting. So you can hope your fingers are crossed. And then, you know, when it comes time to sign, which should be in November, then it happens. But I think it's a little bit, it is a little bit more concrete to some guy just happened to showing up. Say, I'm just looking around and see where I want to go. But you give credit to Coach Hazel. He, he was a really good recruiter at Ohio State. And I think he realizes you know, he's got to recruit. And, he, and if that means at times you got to go against the big boys, you got to go against the big boys because of the 85 scholarship limit of football. There are guys out there. You just have got to compete and try to convince a few to come come to your program. If he could get a few to come to his program, he starts winning, then it's kind of like it's cyclical. I mean, he so they could say, you know, come to our program, we're good, and then we start winning, and we put people in the pros. So you got to start somewhere. So I think Coach Hazel deserves all the credit. How do you feel about this season going in? Obviously, we're, we're still a little bit of ways from football season, but I read a great article the other day that said that this season on Purdue is already a win because last year Purdue was tabbed by some of the experts to be at least in comp- competition with the suspensions to get down to Indy as opposed to this year where they have a tougher schedule. I think most people expect them to struggle a little bit realistically, but there seems to be a lot more buzz and excitement about the program. I would say by the fact that they've gotten rid of Danny Hope is a good is a is a start a great start um, for the program. But Hazel has injected a lot of enthusiasm, and clearly he he does have ability to recruit. I'd like to think that you've got to be competitive. The crowds have have been tentative about going, and you want people to go. So, you know, I I don't know really what to think. I think you'll find that out on the field. You hope that you got a team that plays hard, plays smart and represents the university. We've been through some seasons that have been kind of, you've had some ups and downs, you hope, and then it just seems like you lose some games that are just inexplicable. I just, the, the bottom line is for Hazel coming in, you got to win the games you can win and try to compete everywhere else. I think that's got to be your goal. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to sit there at this point and put an, a prediction of how many wins they're going to have. Let's just say beat who you can beat and be competitive at all, uh, all other games and represent the university. 
I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. If they don't make it to a bowl game this year, you're going to be really disappointed. No, because I think I honestly think you know Hazel has a lot of work to do, and he's probably he's instituting a complete new offense. He's overturning everything. They're overturning the recruiting. I don't think you could expect him to go to a bowl. I think if he goes to a bowl, he's probably going to be in the well, not a lower level bowl. But let's say he wins eight games, he's got to be in the running for national coach of the year. If they win six or seven. Um, might be Big Ten coaches the year if they give that award. But I think, you know, you'd like to think that Purdue, with their tradition, playing in the Big Ten with their schedule, could get six wins and go to a bowl. But I think in the past where that seems like that has been the ceiling, to me that needs to be the floor. And, I hope, and I'd like to think that's what Coach Hazel's thinking, that, you know, we're Purdue. We have a strong tradition. Take a look at our pros we got in there now and what, on all the Hall of Famers that, have, that are – Purdue alum so that you know we can win and I honestly think he can Joe Tiller proved it you know he come, kind of come in with an offense you call it gimmicky or not but the fact of the matter is it was different and allowed him to take guys that are maybe a little bit under talented but Purdue was for three you know for several years very competitive and a tough out and I think coach Hazel gives you hope that 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 the Purdue football program is going to go in that direction Tyler, what are your thoughts as a student also on campus with me? Because, again, I read the article, and I agree with it 100%. I legitimately thought that Purdue had a decent chance to get down to Indy last year to compete for the Big Ten Championship. And this year, I was, of course, excited about the Hazel hiring. I thought he was the right guy for the job. But you, I think realistically, people expect us to struggle. There's not the expectations that they had last year. and But there's more buzz and more excitement, it seems, about Purdue football this year. I thought they did, especially because they started three and one, and the only loss was Notre Dame, which was people were saying, you know, that was that was inches away from being four and zero. I, you know, unlike him, I'm prepared to say I'm prepared to say they're going to win eight wins next year, eight games next year, eight wins. I think there's still pressure on him, and I don't know. I think you know, I think to a point, it's warranted. I mean, he did turn around a program at Kent State, a program people were saying you know were terrible. He has big league experience. This isn't a guy. You know, this isn't the guy that worked his way slowly up through small schools. He was at Ohio State for a very long time, uh, learning under, oh, I cannot remember his name. Trestle. Trestle. He he can recruit, obviously. He's got talent, and he's got got a team in a division I would call relatively weak. I mean, Ohio State is, I guess, is legitimately the front runner. Penn State and Wisconsin are, I guess, could be good. And then after that, it's Illinois, IU, and Purdue. I guess uh, Illinois and IU. And I think Purdue has a legitimate chance at being the second team there and fighting Ohio State. Pops, I know it's early, but what do you think about that? I think he's going off of... Because he, he does have a point. Obviously, Ohio State is in the class all their own. But the rest of that division is kind of a joke. Illinois, IU, and Purdue have kind of been muddled at the bottom. And Wisconsin is going through a coaching change. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, but... I don't see there's any pressure on him. He had to turn Kent State around. He turned him into an 11-win team. You you can't sit there and pull out your magic hat, pull your rabbit out of your hat, and make you like an 8 or 9-10 team win unless there's just everything kind of comes together. I think he has a lot of work to do. I think he's going in that direction, but I think t- this is a season that the expectations, I think, should be muted to the point that you just want to see how they perform on the field. Like I said, beat who you can be competitive against the rest. You, it, it's disheartening to go play teams and just get blown out all the time, That, that like, against what, which is what's been happening like Wisconsin or Ohio State. 
granted Ohio State clearly is the best team in the Big Ten, but he knows them. And I, and I think that, you know, that gives, should give him an upper hand. And if this tackle coming in is an indication, he, the recruiting at Purdue should go up. And if you get better players, you should be a better program and then you should get more wins. But I think this year, I think this is about kind of resetting things, establishing things, and it being the basis point of, of a jumping off point, a starting point, all the cliches I'm saying, to, to going forward. That's why there, there's no, going to be no pressure on him. If he gets into year three and there's still you know, non, not going to bowls, then I think pressure will shift. But at this point, he's the darling of the campus. He's getting people revved up, excited. He, you know, he wants to get people back in Ross Age. It would be nice. I mean, it would really be nice. And, it, you know, I would, uh, when Tiller was here, I'd hoped that Purdue would, it would ascend to the level that they could bring in non-conference opponents like Oklahoma, Texas, USC, Florida. Because could, could you imagine how... Ross Aid would be rocking and, and the attention for an Oklahoma or one of the big boys to come in. And it never got to that point. Now, I don't know if that was just me dreaming, but, you know, I'd really like to see that because to me, if you could start playing non-conference guys like that, that says that tells me you've arrived. Well, I think that would be the ultimate goal. I'm I'm not going to put a prediction on the record. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I would be legitimately a little bit disappointed if they would win a bowl game. I know that he's got a He's coming in. And he's trying to completely change the program. But I, I do agree with what you're saying. I feel like in college football division one, six games shouldn't be super difficult, especially for a big Ten school. It should kind of be the floor. You should expect that. Now, if he doesn't get six, I'm not gonna be obviously jumping off the bandwagon or anything. I would just be a little disappointed. But I, I completely understand what you're saying. I just I, the buzz is 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 almost palpable. I think he is he's he's already been a successful hire for the amount of excitement he's generated just for this first season not to mention you know the recruiting he got to keep he kept pretty much I think almost the entire class when there's a coaching change which is almost a rarity now it's an excuse for transfers to go somewhere else and he the like you said with the tackle it looks like the recruiting's picking up on his own because he's getting ready to put together his first Purdue class well obviously be keeping an eye on this check out the Facebook page check out the Twitter page look on the blog check out our partner three sportsguns.com and we will be back next week We'll talk about the Indians next week, probably some more Purdue stuff. We're going to get out of here right now. I'm Blair Gunther. Tyler Gunther. Harold Gunther. We'll catch you next time.